Uh, well, good morning and welcome to Crossbridge Community Church. We are so glad that you're here. For those of you joining us online, we are glad that you are here also. And I'm a little depressed because it was sunny outside and today is Groundhog Day. And I was hoping for an early spring, but I've been told that Puxatawney Field actually did not see his shadow. So it's going to be an early spring. Are you? Yeah, I'm kind of thrilled about that. But we are so glad you're here. And I get to give you my two cents today uh, about all it's worth of giving. And, um, you know, we're just kind of wrapping this whole thing up. And if you are new or visiting us today, there is nothing like coming to a church for the first time and hearing them talk about giving, isn't it? Man, that's just exciting for you. But honestly, um, it's one of those topics that we do talk about here, but it's one of those things that, you know, we say this all the time, is that we honestly want something for you. We don't want something from you. And I believe what you'll hear today is just the heart of what's behind and what Jesus actually talks to about why he wants us to give. And so that's kind of where we're heading today. But before we actually get into this, I just want to start by saying thank you. Uh, you know, this is the beginning of the, the new year, and we look back at all the finances, getting all our, our financial stuff ready and, and, and what have you. And, and uh, the budget that we had set last year and the money that we brought in, there was only 3.4% difference. And so thank you for that. You guys are awesome. And even during that, you know, even though we we're 3.4% off, we were able to fund all of our ministries. We just cut back in a couple of areas, so it was, it was no big deal. And um, we also, you also gave $100,000 to the Propel Vision Fund. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And uh, we got $135,000 sitting in the bank ready to expand this building. It's going to happen here uh, within the next couple of months, and we're excited about that. So we just wanted to stop and say thank you because I know, you know, I'm in touch with a lot of other churches across the country, have friends pastoring other churches, and some of them are struggling. And uh, we don't have that problem. We just, we just go and do ministry, and that is all thanks to you. So we just appreciate that so much. And as Jordan was talking last week, and as a matter of fact, if you did not hear Jordan's talk last week, I highly recommend you going back to YouTube, on Facebook, catch it on our website. Uh, one of the best teachings I've heard on, on giving, and so just highly recommend you going back and catching that. But as we've been talking in the office, you know, Jordan, I was talking to Jordan, and he said, you know, yeah, I grew up, just, you know, that was what our family did. We tithe. And my parents taught me at a very young age that, that we give back to church. We get 10% back to church. It's just the way it is. So I've been brought up that, with that way, and we've done it, I've done it all my life, you know, all 24 years of it. You know, he's so, <laughs> but you talk to Bruce, and it's the same way. You know, he said, yeah, we were brought up, and it's just, it was never a question. We just, that's what we did. And when I brought up, when I was brought up, we didn't talk about that. You know, my parents, we went to church, you know, occasionally when I was real young and, and a little more regular when I got a little bit older, but I would see them give every once in a while. They'd put some money in the offering and plate and things like that, but we never talked about it. I had no idea, you know, what was going on, and so I was not raised in a, in a, in a family that that's just what you did, and I didn't really understand the whole thing, and it wasn't until later in life that I really started grasping the importance of this whole thing, and it was honestly, you've heard me say this before, it was something I actually struggled with. And so when we come to this, this topic, and we do this about once a year, mention it on occasion here and there, it, 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 it's kind of, it, it, it makes us struggle a little bit. We're talking, and, and Jordan would tell you that, you know, before he taught, he actually lost sleep a couple of nights, you know, that he was just worried about what you're going to say. Same with me. I was tossed and turned from about 3 o'clock on last night, so I'm looking forward to my nap this afternoon before the Super Bowl. <laughs> but, but it's one of those, those things that, you know, we honestly walk on eggshells, when we start talking about this topic, and I don't think it necessarily has to be that way. You know, if I would come up here and talk to you about your marriage and say, you know, here's some, some things that, that if you're having struggles with your marriage as you ought to do, you would, you would probably say, you know, he's right. 
I, I really ought to I'll do better in that. If I came up here and talked to you about an alcohol addiction, a pornography addiction, and said, this is something that, that Jesus doesn't want in our lives, and, and we've got to do something about it, you'd probably sit out there and say, yeah, you're right. I ought to do something about that. If I was up here talking, talking about, you know, if you want to lead an abundant life, if you want to live a life centered on Christ, that, that you want to be all that you can be for him, man, you ought to be in the word. You ought to be, be, be reading and praying. And, and, and you'd say, yeah, you know, that's it. If I want to, I know I need to do that. But if I come up here and talk about money and say, you know what? We ought to be generous. We ought to be giving. We ought to be helping others. There's something that happens to some of us. You know, I was like this. You know, well, come on now, you know. All the other things, yeah, we can, but when it comes to money, we kind of fold our arms and say, I don't know about that. I'm not sure, you know? And, and, and I had to ask myself, why is that? Why do we feel that way? And for myself, I realized it was just nothing more than a trust issue. It was one of those things, do I really trust God with my finances? And I would sit here when someone would talk about money, and I would sit in the, in, the, in the congregation, and a pastor or church was talking about money, and I would kind of fold my head. I'd try to think about other things. I, I, I would, but I was struggling inside, and I, I had this, this angst, this, this frustration, and I wondered what it was, and I just started having wrestling with God with it. It was something I just had to decide for myself, why, is, why am I feeling this way? And they're talking about this subject. Because the other subjects, it didn't really bother me. And I really came down to the point that, honestly, I was just selfish. That I knew that if I was going to do what they were saying I was going to do, and I was actually going to give a 10% to, of my income back to God, that there was something that was going to have to change. I was going to have to sacrifice something. You know, I wasn't going to be able to take the vacations that I really wanted to take. I may not be able to drive the car that I wanted to drive. I may not be able to live in the house that I want to live in. I may not be able to do the things. I may have to say no to some of my kids and what their activities are. Because if I'm committed to saying, I need to do this, it's going to challenge me, and I'm not sure I want to get out of my comfort lifestyle to actually do that. And I believe that's why Jesus talks so much about money. You can't get away from it. If you read the words of Jesus, you cannot make a case that Jesus doesn't ask us to be generous. He doesn't ask us to give. Jesus talked more about money than he did about love. And, and you know that, man, we've been beating the drum over the last many months about love, 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 man, love others, love your neighbor, love, love, love. We can't love enough. We've got to show the world how much we love, not only each other, but them. And so we've been standing up here talking about that. He speaks more about money than faith and prayer combined. Eleven out of his uh, parables that he talks about, he talks about money. There's some kind of connection that Jesus understands about following him and money. And I believe that's why he talks so much about it. There's some kind of connection there. And we're only going to look at one verse today. It's out of Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. And, and to me, this is the verse that just it challenges me every time I read it. It's the one that I really had to wrestle with and answer for myself. Is this true? And it says this, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be what we actually treasure, the things that are important to us, that is where our heart is going to be. And if it's things, if it's stuff, if it's money, if it's wealth, all of those things, if that is where our treasure is, that's where our heart's going to be. And Jesus wants our heart. Jesus wants him, himself to be our treasure. 
It is so crucial and so important. And I believe that Jesus understands and knows that the number one competitor to our heart, the things that we treasure in our culture, in our world, are things like money and wealth and things. And so I believe that's why he's saying it, wherever your treasure is, whatever that, that thing is that's controlling you, that is where your desire is going to be. It's not going to be on me. And I believe that we all want to be generous. I, I, think, I think we actually do want to give back. I think we want to be that kind of person. As a matter of fact, we all have, have our lottery story, don't we? If we win the lottery, we know what we're going to do with our money. I can't tell you how many times I've been promised a basketball court. Man, if I win this thing, we're going to build a great big old gym out here. Or we're going to astroturf all those football fields, man. It's going to be awesome. And I'm just saying, if you do win the lottery, that's no problem for me. I, we can do that. It's no issue. You know, we'd love that. Not too long ago, uh, you know, the, the lottery was, what, 380-some million? I can't remember what it was. It was a ridiculous amount of money. I actually went out and bought a ticket just in case. You know, you never, you know, we'd never know. You, you just never know. And, and so here we are, and, and, and it, I think it's funny that we can be so generous and have plans for the millions that we don't have. But when it comes to the thousands that we do have, it becomes a little harder, doesn't it? And I think we just got to ask ourselves, what is that all about? Because there's something about, man, when we are wholeheartedly being a follower of Jesus, we cannot disconnect our finances with that. That if we claim that Jesus is Lord of our lives, that he's the Lord of our marriages, he's the Lord of our, our children, he's the Lord of our workplace, that he has control of everything we do, everything that there is, but we yet we hold our finances like this, is he really Lord of our lives? We say that everything we have is Jesus's is God's, that God has provided us all these resources. God has provided us our income. God has provided us all this. But if we are not willing to give back, is he really Lord of our lives? And it's a tough question. And if you think that is harsh, then I would challenge you to go read the words of Jesus. And then I challenge you to go in the Acts and, and, and look at the first church. And when they saw the resurrected Jesus and how it changed their lives, how they lived with their finances, it changes everything. And we are called to be that kind of follower. But we live in this culture that keeps telling us that money is, 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 is what we need to strive for, that this is what we, we need to be. It's evidence of who we are. Our success is all about our, not only our status, but our, our money and what we have, and, and we want to provide for our future. It's all of our accomplishments, and that's what we base all of that on. And guys, I just want to talk to us for just a second here and just tell you that that this is an area of our lives that we've got to be very careful with. Because my guess is most of our wives will tell you, hey, you know what, we, we, we need to give more. We need, you know, we need to be, be doing this. And, and there's something about us that we are control freaks, especially when it comes to finances. And we hold it like this because we, we think we've got to control it. We've got to be the boss of it, and we don't want to let go. And again, it's all about lordship. And this is when it gets real. You know that you're, you, you, are, you, you are getting ready to truly surrender when you start living like this with your finances. When we give up our financial control, guys, to God, is when we're really, really taking some major next steps. And I would argue this, that if God does not have access to your finances, he does not have access to your heart. And it's just a discipleship thing. 
And it, it, it's just a, a truth that if you're going to follow Jesus, this has got to be part of it. And that is what he is asking for. And if you're sitting out here right now, like I, I would be, and saying, you know what, I'm just pushing back a little bit. I don't know about all that. I, 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 just, I, I just don't know. I want you to understand that, that this, is, this, is, this is a good thing. You're nearing a breakthrough. Because if I was, again, if I was talking about a, a marriage or, or something that you needed to change, that, 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 that if I stood up here and talked about marriage and, and you said, yeah, I, I get that, and I've got to change some of that in my life, that's God convicting you and saying, you know what, I want this part also. And so you are nearing a breakthrough if that's how you're feeling right now. Challenge you to living with open hands. I'm going to ask Craig Wiley, one of our newest elders, actually, to come up and, and join me. And we're just going to have a conversation. And um, I just want to warn you, this is kind of what happens, because we had a meeting uh, this week in the office. It was some of the staff and, and Craig and Nicole. Don't drink my water. Uh, <laughs> Hello, <laughs> uh, Craig and Nicole came in, and we were having a conversation, and and this just just kind of came up we, we, what we we're talking about today. And I said, "Oh, why don't you come up on stage and share that with him?" And he was so excited. You Thanks loved, for all the notice. Yeah, you love the uh, yeah. This was Thursday, by the way. <laughs> I changed some of the, the things around, but anyway, and he's worn his best plaid shirt to make sure that he looks like one of us up here, uh -huh. which is we we appreciate that. Jake but, keeps trying to get me to. Curl up my cup <laughs> on my pants. I can't do I can't do that either. No. Oh well. So uh, one of the questions I want to ask is is was there a time that you know you were sitting out in, in the congregation in the audience, what have you, and someone was talking about money that it made you uncomfortable, or or, or what? How did God start speaking to you? Yeah. So it, it can be a little uncomfortable, but me personally, um, I have this uncanny ability to. Uh, uh, fool myself into thinking you're not talking to me. <laughs> so there's a lot of people that think that yeah. I'm not talking to them. <laughs> uh, you're, you're clearly talking to. I normally sit somewhere near the front, and, and you're probably talking to people who are sitting behind me, or maybe you're speaking to someone on YouTube or <laughs> Facebook. I don't know, but it, it wasn't me. So wasn't frustrated. Uh, uh, just wasn't for just, me. Just, that yeah, day. it just it just was. Yeah, yeah. Worship was good, but. You know, yeah. The rest of it, I can check out on. Exactly. That's <laughs> that's, that's that's fascinating. Yeah. But the the thing that <laughs> so really basically, I'm just wasting my time up here. <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> but the thing that you mentioned uh, during our meeting is that this was the last thing that that you really surrendered. And just unpack that for everybody, if you would. Yeah. Um, so before coming to Jesus, uh, you know, I had I had deep deep idols in my life, I, uh, significance, comfort, control, um, these things that uh, just kind of, um, you know, I was putting before God there, keeping me from him having control of my heart, you know, and, and so when we give our lives to Jesus, when I gave my life to Jesus and, and I received the Holy Spirit as that gift who's inside working on me, transforming me, changing my desires, um, there's a lot of things that were kind of being peeled back in, in those idols, those things I was putting before God. But you kind of notice with, with significance and comfort and control, kind of at the center of all those things is money. I yeah. mean, there's a lot to do with those things um, that, that money has to do with those things. And so there was a lot of things that kind of I was able to peel back pretty easily. You know, I can let go of this. So, I, I don't have to. Yeah, so there were things that in your life that God said, hey, here's, here's a point. Here's, here's something mm -hmm. that I need you to change. Yeah. And those are the reasons. Why do you think it's more difficult for finances? Uh, I mean, for all of us, it's different. For me, you know, growing up, I, I remember seeing my dad every morning coming down Saturday mornings and, and uh, going through the budget. 
and it just seemed like that was the thing you had to do as a man, as a, as a husband and father, to to provide for your family, to give your family that security, was just to make sure all the numbers matched. And and so when I got married, that was kind of the role I filled. That's that's my dominion in our household, and and I I had my hands, both of them, grasped around uh, our finances. Yeah. And and as long as I had that. I'm okay. As long as the numbers work out, I'm good. Yeah. You know, as long as I can provide a place to sleep, a, a place to, yeah. um, to to live. and. So how did you get to a point to, to say, okay, I'm going to trust God with this? Uh, I finally listened one of those sermons. <laughs> <laughs> I, I finally was convicted a, a few years ago um, when we did, I think, the, the breathing room sermon. And, mm-hmm. and so what really... What really spoke to me was that, um, you know, there's so many times where I wanted to help. You know, it wasn't a problem of wanting to help someone, mm-hmm. especially after uh, coming to faith and, and just trying to live out what it means to love others, love God and love others and, and love them like Jesus would. And that means getting messy. That means getting involved. Yes. And sometimes, it, it, a lot of times, it costs you something. Um, and, and so... Um, uh, I, I forgot where I was going with that. What was your question? I don't remember. <laughs> I wasn't listening. Hey, that was all good, though. <laughs> that was really good. No, about uh, what, what made you trust God? With your, uh, what was the final breaking point? In- yeah, so um, basically I, I listened to that sermon, and, and I finally uh, heard you because I realized that what was preventing me all those times where I, was, I wanted to help was that, you know, it was like I hear of a need, and I'm like. I don't have it. I don't have it. Yeah. I, I spent it. You know, and and uh, and some of that comes back from my childhood too. Of um, when we did attend church, my dad would hand me a dollar, and I'd put it in the offering bag, and and so he taught us to give, but it was always of the excess we had. Yeah, it was it wasn't good. intentionally setting it aside right. and, and um, having it and being equipped to help when God calls us to right. help others. Yeah. So that w- that was a huge transition point for me was that I've got to give to him first. He wants control. <laughs> he wants everything, and he wants a percentage. I mean, he he wants some portion of that, that's different for everyone. He wants us to give from our hearts, and right. so that kind of gets set aside in my budgeting first. But he also wants control of the rest too. He wants he wants control of our hearts. He wants control of our finances. He wants to be sovereign right. over all of our finances. So how is this? How would you say this has changed your spiritual walk with him? Just, just saying, hey, I'm going to release this and give you yeah. control of my finances also. Yeah. So, you know, again, it, 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 when we made that transition, it put us on mission. It, it really brought us that. to that point where we could be equipped to help when we were called to help. In, right. Instead of checking our pockets and coming up empty. And, and uh, you know, when there's hurting family members, we, we have a lot of family that we uh, can help now. We can actually not just love them with words, but we can... We can help. Sure. We can drive down and go through stuff. We've done Bible studies online, bought materials for that, and um, coworkers, you know, people falling on hard times that you can contribute and not even think twice about it. Yeah. It's, it's there, and it's it's phenomenal to – I can't describe that feeling of um, God being able to, to just allow you to release that without any – uh, guilt or, you know, am I being irresponsible for my family? Am I doing this? And, you know, Aiden's going to come home tonight, my son, and he doesn't have a bed because you know, <laughs> we had to sell it or something. Right. Because uh, I'd sell his bed first, not mine, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, this is sacrificial living. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, just, just that freedom to, right. to give. And that's what I wanted before, you know, and I wanted to help someone, but I just, 
I, I didn't feel like I could do it. I wasn't equipped. I didn't have it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I, I appreciate you uh, sharing this and on, on such short notice, but yeah. uh, just some of your heart, and, and I appreciate yeah. uh, where you guys have gotten to. And I, So thank you for sharing. Let's share it for yeah, Craig. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and you also need more plaid in your life. What can I tell you? But... Well, I love that, and when, when you know, Craig mentioned that in our, our meeting, I said, you know, that's exactly, and I just wanted you to hear it from somebody else that it, it's, it's changed a life, and not only has it changed their life, it's been able to change other people's lives because of, of their saying, hey, God, I'm going to live like this instead of like this, and I think that is so powerful. So I just want to give you an opportunity with the rest of our time here today is just kind of walk through some of the things that are happening and, and just give you some explanation of, of maybe some giving. Maybe give you a clear picture of what we do as followers and, and, and believers and, and what have you. So there's actually two kinds of giving that we, we actually do. One is called intervention giving. It's spontaneous giving. If there's a need there, we, we kind of meet it. The other kind of giving is what we call preventative giving. And it's planned giving. It's saying, what, like Craig says, you know what, I... I know there's going to be needs coming up. I know that I want to support our, our mission. I want to know, I, I want to be able to help my family, do whatever it is. And, and so I'm going to set aside in my budget every month a percentage of, of what I feel like God is calling me to give. And it's just going to sit there, or I'm going to give it and, and trust somebody else to, to use it as, as what God directs them to do. So the intervention giving and preventing giving. Intervention giving is basically solving a problem. So if there's a crisis, there's a need that comes up somewhere that you can give to, and, and maybe, you know, we do this all the time. America is great about this. You know, we, we give all kinds of money to other countries and things. And one of the latest ones that was the, the fires in Australia. You know, maybe you got moved because you saw people being displaced and, and all the tragedy that was happening there and, and loss. And, and so maybe you gave to the Red Cross or somebody to go that. That was, that was intervention giving. It was an immediate need that needed a handling. And this is awesome. There's no, we need to be able to do that. We, we honestly as a church need to do that more. And my guess is if I had a crossbridger that was having a financial situation or something happened, their house burned down or what have you, I could come in here on a Sunday and say, you know what, we need to rally. We need to come alongside our family and, and say, let's, let's collect something and, and, and let's get them on their way. And my guess is we'd walk out of here with more than we needed. And that's awesome. That's intervention giving. But then there's also preventative giving, and we give to prevent a problem. It's, it's giving and trusting in, in someone to say, you know what, I'm going to give you this money, and you know more of what's going on in a family, what's more is going on in the body of Christ, what we're on mission and commission to do, and I'm going to trust you with those funds so that when a need arises, we can do it. And it's not as exciting as intervention because we get this emotional, this emotional thing. It's, intervention giving is emotional and measurable. It makes us feel good that we were able to help somebody like that. It makes us feel good, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But preventative giving, it's, not just, it's just not very sexy to do. You know, you just, we're just going to do it and, and hope. You just don't really know. Now, how exciting is it to say, you know what? Man, I helped pay the light bill this, year, this month, you know? We don't get all razzed up about that, do we? But yet it's something that absolutely has to happen. And then there's other things also. And, and intervention giving is great, but preventative giving is honestly better. And it's the same way with our health. You know, would you rather have? Would you rather be cured of a disease or prevented from a disease? Okay. So in other words, would, would I rather be cured of cancer or would I never ever want to have it in the beginning? You know, let's prevent the whole thing if we can. We'd rather prevent it, wouldn't we? And that's what we're doing when, with that. When you're giving to a church that is on mission, when you're giving to a, 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 an organization that is on mission, 
And I love what Andy Stanley, a pastor that I follow, actually says about a church that's on mission. Here's what it says. he says. A church that is on mission are people who love Jesus and love like Jesus. They have a plan to reach the community and the next generation, teaching them to love Jesus and love like Jesus. I love that. That we are people who love Jesus and love like Jesus, and we have a plan. We have an idea. We say we are going to pursue the least, the lost, everybody. We're going to go after the next generation, and we're going to teach that generation to love like Jesus and, 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 to, and, to, and to love, teach them to love other people like Jesus loved them. That's what we're here for, and I hope that you see us as that church. I hope that you see us relentlessly pursuing the next generation. I hope you see us relentlessly, passionately loving other people and coming alongside of them. That's what we want to be. We want to be outward-focused, doing exactly what God has called us to do as a congregation, as individuals. And when you give here on a regular basis, that is planned giving. It is preventative giving. And I could come up here and tell you stories of, of, of things that, that we have prevented, divorces from happening, kids going astray, prevented suicide because we've been able to come alongside people. These are stories that you don't get to hear because we can't share some of those details but understand when you regularly give, when you plan on giving, when you say, I'm going to support the mission and vision of this church, that's what you're doing. You're preventing things from happening to people all the time. That's what we are called to do. You are making a bigger difference by, by your plan giving than what you can ever imagine. Some of your children are coming to know Christ and their friends are coming to know Christ because of it. Some of our, some of our youth are... are are, are avoiding some of the pitfalls of, of the culture that they're trying to be drug into in their, in their schools and things. We're preventing them from making bad choices because you are, you are giving to a, a, a place that, man, we are passionate about reaching our youth and putting them on the right path. Our young adults who, who again, are, are starting to navigate on their own this culture that's pull, trying to pull them away and pull them away and pull them away from, from godly things and from the church. And because of your giving, we are able to prevent them from, from, from having to make some of those decisions. We're helping come alongside of those. Again, marriages are being built up. Relationships are being saved. Workplaces are being evangelized. That's one of the main things that's happening right now, and it, it is so cool to see. You taking the gospel to the, your areas of influence, your spheres of influence, all that is possible because of preventative giving. Lives are being transformed Lives you may never see. We're getting more and more influence uh, on our digital ministry. We're seeing people from other states joining us and, and, and having conversations, and we're able to watch them take next steps in their relationship with Jesus. It's amazing what's happening, and it's all because of you. And I want to go back to what I said in the beginning. Thank you for that. You are making more of a difference than what you can ever possibly imagine, and we're not done yet. We are just getting started. And one of the plans we have, like I said, is a Propel Vision that you have so generously given to. And we've got more to do there. We're getting ready to break ground this spring. We're so excited about it. We're going to expand this building because Sunday is still a, a very important time for us. We're filling seats every, uh, every service. And, man, we, we want to make it so that we can get more and more and more people in here. 
and we've got about seventy or $80,000 just in the building itself, then we have some digital things that we still want to enhance. And so I truly believe that by the time we get done with the building or, or later this year that we can pay cash for all of that. And so if you've given to the Propel campaign, man, thank you. And, and we just ask, would you consider, would you just pray and see if God has even more for you? Say, hey, let's get behind it and let's, let's do some more. And there's a, all kinds of people who weren't even here. I mean, a large percentage of this congregation that was not here established when we even started talking about Propel. And, and so maybe you're saying, I don't even know what that is, but th we're not going to do a, a, a necessarily a formal campaign or anything, but just know that I mean, we would love for you to get on board and say, yeah, we are behind you. We know you're trying to reach the next generation. We know there's more to do. We think that, yeah, this is the, the area that we want to get behind, and you can grab a Propel card, and you can just start giving if you want to from the Propel mission. Or maybe you're just saying, you know what? God has been, been tugging at my heart and, and there's something there. Ask the tough questions. See what he wants to do, what he's challenging to do so that you can prevent more children going the opposite way that we want them. Young adults, our youth, we want to build this thing to a point that we are making a difference in our lives, in our families' lives, in our workplaces' lives. We want to reach a community like never before. We are on mission and you are a huge part of that. And we not only want to thank you, we want to challenge you. Let's continue to do what God is asking us to do. And it all comes down to that verse again. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. And we have to ask ourselves, where is our treasure? Where is your treasure? Are you willing to invest in the lives of the next generation? Are you willing to invest in the lives of people that will never walk in one of these doors, but for some reason digitally we can reach them? For those family members, for those children, for the grandchildren, let's get together and do what God is asking us to do, and let's move like we've never moved before. And we're going to tell stories that's going to be amazing. People's lives radically being transformed because you are willing to say, you know what? This is how Jesus is calling us to live, and I am willing to give. Would you pray with me? Father, we are so thankful for what you're doing here. For the people who, who said, yes, we are going to, to support and we're going to come alongside the mission that, that you have given this body of believers. And we've already heard the stories. We've already seen some of the things that have been prevented, the marriages, the, the kids wandering, the you name it. And we are so thankful and we are so grateful. And so, Father, I just pray that you would speak to us. And if there's anyone here struggling about you know, what you're asking them to do, that you just, you just help them and wrestle with them and, and speak into their hearts clearly, Father. We can't wait to see what's going to happen here, what you are calling us to. And we are all in. And when we see these lives being transformed, when we see people coming to you, when we see people taking next steps, God, we will give you all the praise and all the glory for it. It's in the matchless, amazing name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Craig. I want to give you three next steps to walk away with today. Regardless of where you are with your finances, regardless of where you are with your giving, with your life, uh, the first be, like Brad challenged us in the beginning, to have that conversation. Uh, even if you are a longtime giver or this is a new concept to you, go home and have that conversation with God, um, with your family, with your spouse, 
uh, just one-on-one with God and say, God, what is it that you want from me? Second next up I want to give, uh, pun intended, give you today is you might not know that there's something that we have an offer called Automate the Important. And this is something that me and Marissa do where we uh, have gone on to Crossbridge's website and it takes our money right out of our paycheck right away. We don't even see it. Um, and that, for a lot of people, might be a turnoff because you're like, oh, well, then that's not significant in our giving. But I see it as the opposite, where I'm saying, God, this is what we are giving to you every single week, and we are praying over those funds. And it can be so easy for us to walk out or go on vacation and be like, ah, oh, we forgot this week. We'll just pick it up next week and then get into that track again of comfort. And then the third next step that I want to give you is, like we shared in the announcement video, my wife and I are teaching. Uh, really, it's... It's going to be just us walking through how we do our finances, how we do our budget, and giving you practical tools, whether you're in $30,000 of debt or you've got $30,000 in your savings, whatever it looks like for you, whatever amount of money you make, if you are, you know, teen, young adult, or if you are um, an elder, we want to give you an opportunity to just walk through your finances next Sunday night from 6.30 to 8 here at the church, and then also February 16th. And so those are three next steps I want to challenge you with. Uh, the last thing that I want to share, and this is a, a weird yet exciting announcement for me. Uh, back in March of 2018, I started writing my first book, and it's exciting. It is now being published on Amazon March 10th and is available, hashtag ad, for pre-order right now. And so it's so weird to announce that, but the reason I announced that is uh, because we are going to be spending the rest of February doing a series over the book, and it's going to be called Shattered. And so I want to invite you to come back next week as we kick off this series. And you've heard me talk a lot about pursuing the least, the lost, the lonely, and the forgotten. And anytime Brad tries to say it, he misses two or three of the words. But we are going to be spending time just pursuing people and pushing you to take next steps in serving and missions and being on mission here at Crossbridge. Thank you so much for joining us. We would love to see you next week. Have a great, safe Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs>